someone. And we're live. Well, no live, mm -hmm. live, but I'm recording. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, live enough. Ah, live enough. That'll do, yeah. Aye, so. Oh, where's my list? I went and had a brain fart. Right. Good. Names, intros. I'm Hagger, obviously. You are? I am John Malarkey. People have called me Kratos recently. So. Boy. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was brilliant, man. Oh, that was an interesting time. Oh. Red marker pens, I've never seen the same. That's just unreal. People getting the nuts signed, man. What's... I know. That's I think I got my ass signed twice. Yeah. Fucking hell. Did, did you not sign me? Um, I might have. I think I was about six pitches deep at that point, so I don't quite remember all of it. <laughs> six pitches of Mars. <laughs> and the rest. And the rest. <laughs> so where are you um, from? I do remember. Uh, I am from a little place called Middlesbrough on Teesside. Little... In northeast of England. A little place? Yeah. Middle... It's, it's, not, it's not yet a city. <laughs> oh, hang on, hang on. All right, have I got it? Right? You be back? No, I'm recording. Right. Ah, so you're not. So. Yeah, man. You're from Middlesbrough. <laughs> yes. Smoggy. Smoggy. <laughs> yeah. Um, it comes from when obviously Middlesbrough had all the shipyards and steel industries and stuff like that. Um, obviously oh. the air was quite full of smog. So, the uh, the nickname Smoggy's kind of come around. So. Fair enough. Is that why you get called God of War? <laughs> <laughs> you, you look like him. No hair. <laughs> um, oh, no, you've got hair. Yeah, just a little bit at the minute. Um, no, I've, I've recently found that at work. Um, the, obviously, Kratos, is, uh, his skin's covered in the ash of his family and stuff like that. But when I'm on pizza section, I'm covered in pizza flour, and it takes on the same quite ashen white <laughs> Oh, that's... So I'm like constantly scraping the thing off. And I'm just, just glad no one at Preach can see me after I've been on pizza section. I can imagine. <laughs> I can just imagine, man. That's brilliant. See, uh, whenever I'm making scones, oh my god, I get, I'll get some mess. I'm a mess. Yeah. The flares a mess. The, the walls <laughs> are a mess. The roof's a mess. It gets everywhere. It really does. Aye. I mean, like, um, oh, oh yes. Um, quite often find like sort of the next day, even after I've been in the shower, I'm sort of masking and like flowers coming out of this. It's nuts. <laughs> Your body's absorbed all the flu. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about uh, what time do you get up in the morning? How long oh. before work do you get up? Um, I tend to have a pretty bad morning routine to be honest. So uh, I'll set my alarm for roughly around about 20 past eight half past eight um i don't need to be in work until 10 o'clock but what i end up doing is end up snoozing my alarm until about quarter past nine <laughs> wow Just snooze it snooze it snooze it yeah um it's not too bad though because i'm only like sort of 15 minutes drive away from work so at oh, the point that you've done it all the kids have gone off to school so my road's pretty clear um and like i say i'm jumping in the shower so i'm so about and I'll set off probably about 20 minutes before I'm supposed to be in work. So I'll get there pretty much on time. Wow. But, yeah. that was, uh, 
mine is a wee bit different to that. I will get up about fifty. Set my alarm for half six. I'm yeah. up. I'm up. Shit. Wank. Fucking whatever about a day. Computer's yeah. on. Breakfast made. Sat in front of my computer at quarter to seven. Right. And then that's me till about twenty past half past, and then I leave for work. Start at eight. That's oh, right, man. I get to wake. Get to work. Wide awake and. The energy that you've seen out of me, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm like at 8 o'clock in the morning. Bloody so hell. by one minute past 8 in the morning, I'm driving everyone nuts. <laughs> that's brilliant. The thing yeah, is, man. I love doing it. <laughs> yeah. Still meant the fuck out of them. It's great. Oh, it's, um, I'm, I'm pretty much the same. Like, so once I'm at, at work and that, I'm fine. I'll have a... Um, Get a couple of monsters down me from the, the corp over there. A, cu- a couple of monsters. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you need at once. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, pretty much one after the other. Like, straight, straight down. And then out the party. Um, it's the only way I get through the day, to be honest with you. It's, it's, it's so hot and like sort of thing in the kitchen that you need the energy. Aye. I know insane. what you mean. Aye, um, I'm, I, know, I know what you mean with the heat. Yeah, it's it, it's crazy, especially standing in front of a pizza. Got two like sort of ovens. One of them's kicking out at two hundred degrees. The other one's kicking out at three hundred degrees. Lift. Like, soon as you open it, yeah, man. Soon as you open the door, like sort of looking at the, the pizza oven, man, you, your eyeballs instantly dry out. It's insane. With goggles. Um, <laughs> imagine. <laughs> oh, couldn't see a thing. Like I, I, I'm supposed to wear my glasses, and that, but when I know I'm on pizzas, I don't because I'll end up with flour on them and I can't see out, which is a bit of a nightmare but no I'll, um so what, what do you do then what do you do for a living uh, i'm a chef at the minute You're a chef. so I'm, I'm working in an italian restaurant um called alfonos and uh i mean originally like, I've, I've done apprenticeship and training for doing front of house management right. so i've done that for like four or five years um but then changed jobs and instead of like i went originally to go and work out front there but they had no vacancies when they opened that restaurant, so I ended up just going in the kitchen. Actually on pot wash for about three months. Oh, wow. Smashed that out. Yeah. Long hours that one though. Very long. Um and then eventually gradually moved us into the kitchen. Hmm. So is it and then not now I'm doing pizzas. Is it a career that you could see yourself in, in five, ten years? Um not full time in the kitchen, no. I think what I'm doing now is I'm using this as a like sort of stepping stone and like sort of to go back out front. So like to, to manage somewhere out front. Um one of my mates who we met at Bridgecon Dom, the one that looks like Napoleon Dynamite. Um he his mother is um looking at buying somewhere on the Isles of Silly. Isles of Silly? Yes, just off Cornwall. Oh, Cornwall. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. um, his grandfather actually has a timeshare out there, so I've been over there a couple of times. And when she uh, is looking at buying this place, it's either going to be a pub or a restaurant. She actually wants, um, she said before that she wants me managing the place, which would be pretty fun and cool. But what I'm doing now, working in the kitchen, is kind of just complementing what I can do in front of house. So, say, like, um, we don't have a chef turns in or something like that. I can, I've got the skill set to be able to jump in the kitchen if needs be, which kind of like opens everything up for everyone. Ah, I suppose it's good in a sense that you get to see different aspects of the environment yeah. that you're going to be yeah. working in because then you know, right, 
this is how he should be doing it. Why is he not doing it that way? Or why don't you try yeah. it this way? Sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, it's that's how, how I'm hoping to do it that way. But it's also worked in reverse as well. So when I've been in the kitchen, I've been on past stuff like that. Um, seeing yeah. how our business runs the front of house, I've actually had input in uh, what the management should do. I know. Like sort of help the business. Um, and because I'm not just a chef saying that and complaining and stuff like that, because I've had the experience before, people actually listening, and it's it's improving certain things slowly but surely. Hmm. I'd like to think. Oh, definitely. That's what you do, it like. Hmm. See, uh, Sarah had a different outlook. She was, uh, she loves, she was trained to be a midwife. Right. And uh, asked her if she could see herself doing it in five, ten years. She's like, I definitely. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She loves doing that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh man, I can definitely see myself still being in this business for five, five, ten years time, man. But like, probably in a different role. I don't Aye. see myself being Sub- a chef, but the like, same industry within. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I'd like to. Um, I mean, I love pub work, bar work. Um, really? So if I could get myself back into a bar restaurant, yeah, it'd be fantastic. Like a social like, sort of role. Mm, yeah. Um, like where I worked before, it was like a, it was a, a pub in the middle of town, but it was suitably like sort of off track and up, like it was almost like in a, a proper like country lane type thing. Uh-huh. Um, so it felt like a proper pub that you'd be in in the Lake Districts or something like that. So if I was in one one of them kind of places, I'd oh, that'd be over the moon, absolutely over the moon. I love it because you get obviously you get your regulars, you get an old who, they are, and you can pretty much see them coming in the door, and you can have the drink pulled for them before they're even like sort of sat down. That's, that's brilliant. Um, it's a good little like sort of banterish relationship you get with someone, which is really cool. Oh, I can imagine. But I imagine that we well behaved banter. Uh, yeah, <laughs> on occasion. <laughs> See, we, we, no, it's, it's always good fun. We're constantly playing pranks on each other at work. Like, you know, we'll find, for example, I work on a chicken farm. Right. We'll find a dead mouse, so we'll put it in someone's welly. You know, stupid <laughs> things like that. Or fill oh, someone's belly up with water or something. Or, oh. you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, in, oh, it's just random stuff we got up to. Like. There was one time um, when you said dead mouse there. Um, obviously, like I said, uh, where I last worked was pretty much a company place. There was masses of fields, actually. Uh, oh, yeah, I can imagine. A couple of things behind. But um, obviously, the, the landlord's cat had obviously been caught, caught. Like, it was huge, this rat. Stuff in his face. Oh, no, no, no. It, it caught it, killed it, just left it in the uh, the pub garden. Now, our landlord is terrified, absolutely terrified of rats. I don't know whether it's because he's like sort of his brother had been picking on him when they were kids and stuff like that, but yeah. it's, it's irrational. Like, you'll catch a guy with his arm like sort of elbow deep in a grease trap, or like sort of not scared of anything, but a big, massive, uh, like sort of softy when it comes to, to rats. So, um, <laughs> one of the other managers, she was uh, actually having a night out with a friend so she she was in the pub and she was like it's fairly tipsy we find like sort of we find this rat clear it away she was like no 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 give it ran up the fire escape to the flat upstairs above the pub knowing that john was up there the landlord and all we hear is this like sort of proper girly shriek and then him come back down the stairs inside the pub running stood in the corner in the office shaking like a leaf Absolutely terrified because she stood there cackling like a witch running <laughs> <on the kid. laughs> with this dead rat in a tub. 
And I've never seen him look like that. He, he was almost in cold sweats. It was hilarious. Oh, like, my oh God. God. We shouldn't be laughing. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Making fun of his phobia. That's him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was just the shriek we heard. We're like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. The whole pub heard it. It was funny as. That's <laughs> 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 the stuff you get away with, yeah. It's great. Oh, yeah. Like I say, that. Like, uh, if anyone else, it, it'd have been fine, but like Danielle has been with the company for nearly 30 years. So she got, she got a little bit of a slap on the wrist, but was like, you're sacked, you're sacked. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like with fast food? What's your favourite go-to fast food? Uh, hmm. At the minute, it tends to be sweets uh, as usually because I did. I make them out all the time there, so they're easy enough to make at work. But there's a pizza shop that's pretty damn good. Just literally two minutes walk away, so it's easy enough. Like when I finish work, because I mean, being around food all day kind of puts me off eating whilst I'm at work. Really? Um, so when I, oh yeah, I mean, I'll pick, I'll nibble, but whilst I'm in there, I'll not want to um, not want to eat while I'm at work, even on the breaks. And that I tend to just sit there and read. Oh, um you think it'd have the opposite like, effect, eh? Yeah, um, usually, like, sort of, like, when I was, like, I'd want to be eating all the time, I'd be picking you, stuff Sorry, up, you, you cut the out there. When you were oh, where, sorry? sorry. Uh, when I was working front of house, it was kind of the opposite, so I'd, um, I would want to be eating all the time, but, like, now I'm in the kitchen, and I'm seeing food all the time, I'm making food, I'm quite, like, sort of. You're kind of sick of it. the opposite, yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah, you do you kind of get sick of it. So even when I come home, like, I just can't be asked cooking for myself most of the time. Hmm. So yeah, I do tend to just nibble on, like, sort of fast food stuff. But obviously the closest one by, that's still open by the time I come home, is these shops on the road. So I'll just pop in on the way home. But thankfully it's really good. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so how many things have you been to preach con? Uh, this year was the first year I went. First year. So, yeah, man. Um... I was between jobs last time. Bridgecon was on, yeah, and um, obviously didn't I didn't get a chance to get the tickets and stuff because I was working when they, they went through last time. Um, but like I say, I was, I was between jobs, so I'd seen all the run up to it and the coverage and like how hyped everyone was on the stream and everything. Um, so I was like, right, I definitely have to do this stuff this year. So when the notification came around, I think it was about February time. Yeah, yeah, they said they were actually doing it and the tickets were going on sale. Um, I messaged my mate because they were going on sale obviously during the web show which was the Saturday night and I was working um, asked him to go over and so he got us the tickets and that so, which was amazing no, it, was, uh, I, it was the first thing I'd ever went to in regards to YouTubers and meetups and things like that Yeah. don't regret it in the slightest oh definitely not man um, it's, and it's a thing you can look forward to each year and yeah. you could in the well, see, you can go down and meet everybody. That isn't a yeah. problem, but you'll not get into the show or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. But in that regards, go. You know, because yeah, you man. could still meet all these people. You could still have a laugh and that. You could still have just as good a time as everybody else. Yeah, man. I mean, like, I'd, I'd be considering the same thing again. Like, like you said, the tickets are quite in short supply. But I mean, it was two yeah. minutes, was it? Two minutes are sold out in. Is it two minutes? Um, yeah, man. Two minutes for sure. See, I didn't. I, I went to my bed earlier that night because uh, yeah. I wasn't going. 
oh man, it was insane. Like I said, um, my mate went and got the tickets and he said it was like nerve wracking to just see, um, seeing how many people were wanting it. it was, but there was only the, the 250 tickets and they sold out. Like obviously the, the poster, the link, link to the Patreons first. So yeah, I signed up to Patreon, like sort of like sign up to, to preach on Patreon to be able to get the link quickly. Yeah. And to be able to do it. And luckily they did because like I said, it was two minutes insane. That is, but with them being that, that in high demand, next year I'm totally planning on going regardless of the ticket or not because, like you said, um, just the atmosphere of meeting everyone was amazing. Aye, aye, definitely. Um, I'm glad I took the time. I was only going to go down on Thursday and come back on the... Um, but I'm glad I didn't. I, I, like, I extended it a day each side. I down on the Wednesday and came back home on the Saturday. I'm glad I didn't because within 15 minutes of actually being at the in the train station it was just like everyone's everyone was so friendly you could just stand there and like sort of just like literally just light with one group of people and instantly you'd be in conversation with them it was amazing not a bad bone in anyone's body oh definitely not and it's it's great because everybody's they're just fellow nerds eh? oh yeah it's there's no malice. Ah, you might get a couple of weirdos in every situation, but for the most part, probably there's maybe maybe only one or two people there that you might not have got on with. In general, at least. Her. Um. Well, yeah, man. I, I didn't find that at all. Nah, nah, I mean, you, if well, you'd spoke to everybody there. Yeah, yeah, there'd be someone that'd have some sort. Aye. Of little bit of, but. But that's what I mean. For the most yeah. part, I didn't meet anybody that I didn't like. Yeah, and there was people yeah, there that yeah. met me last year, but I can't remember yep. them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not not yeah. my fault. I was drunk. You know, so you know I'm taking that. That's just <laughs> <laughs> no man, like I say, it's just insane. Like, um, I mean, it, the best part about it was as well. Like, sort of, uh, I think I had like even though it was my first one, I think I had an advantage last year. I do because I can literally go up to anyone and talk to anyone about anything. Yeah. Um, but seeing some of the other people, like sort of obviously our community, there was a lot of people who were like sort of very socially anxious. And um, just seeing them and like sort of like they just stood there, like kind of on their own and just like walking up to them and go, go and just go in the joint, go and stand over there. Talk. Or just go and stand and listen to the conversation. Aye. Getting concluded. And Guarantee just seeing how people like you can grown. talk about. Yeah, yeah. Especially since we're all there for the same reason. Oh, so, aye. There's at least one thing we all have in common. common. Um, but just seeing how people have grown over that, like, sort of that weekend from the Wednesday and then seeing them on, like, the Friday morning and how different, like, they, they were with the people that they were being with. Mm. It was just, it was really good, really yeah. good atmosphere. That, that was actually my next point that, that happened. Well, I was talking to Sarah as well, talking about social anxiety and things like that. Uh, do you suffer for that? Um, the, oh, which one? Oh, uh, um, out there. Uh, sometimes it, like, it, I do feel as I do, but like then on them days I just put my head in the sand and I'll, uh, I'll stay quiet. Um, yeah. But I think that's more of the situation because of um, my mum. Uh, I've grown up since I was three years old knowing that she's had bipolar disorder. Right. Um, so that's that's been something that's kind of... Uh, over me since my dad died um, when I was a kid because my first foster placement 
after he died in the government hospital. Um, she'd done a lot of research into Earth um, bipolar disorder for me. Um, obviously, who, who, done, who did that? Sorry, um, my first foster carer. Oh, so they she'd like researched right. it. Okay, okay. Yeah, they'd researched it because obviously they didn't know um, what it was really, and having me there in the placement kind of she wants to close and yeah yeah well it's like i'm i knew enough about it from myself um because like I, I was 11 at the time sorry 12 at the time um and i'd had to grow up like real quick and i'd understood a lot of it from my mom going in and out of hospital as a kid yeah um but i'd always had my dad as backup there but when he died my mom went off the rails a little bit more ended up in hospital for a long time and i had to go into foster care so yeah. she'd done a lot of the research, so she knew what to expect from my mum, okay. kind of thing. Um, and it was at that point, though, that we found that uh, it can be like sort of hereditary, and it takes like a major event in someone's life to uh, to, to, trigger sort of, to trigger it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what I didn't realise at the time was my whole family kind of expected it to trigger in me when my dad died. Um, so it's it's always been something that's kind of hanging over my head. Um, that I'm always worried about that I'll, I'll turn out like my mum kind of thing. So like well, no, just... no one's exactly the same in that regard. No. Yeah. So even if you did get something like that, it would it would probably be probably be a lot different to what your mum had. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and that's like kind of well, if I, if it does happen, I'm kind of hoping because my mum's gone down self destructive route. Right. Okay. I, haven't, uh, I haven't spoken to her in about two years because of it. Because um, she's pushed all of her family away. She's pushed me away and everything like that. So like, I just I wouldn't like to go down that route. But I think um, at the minute, like sort of my mental capability, like sort of my, like for want of a better term, intelligence on the subject is kind of uh, like bringing me back, like sort of centering me. Sort of, yeah. I, I can see myself going down. You can identify the signs that, yeah. yeah, 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 and nip it in the bud as I'm going down. So, uh, That's the way to do it. And aye. the biggest, the biggest help for anything like that, and depression in general, um, is to talk to people. Oh yeah. Just don't bottle yeah. things up. Just have yeah. a rant. Have somebody that you can just hear. <laughs> you, you're an asshole. You're a fucking prick. Oh, by the way, see that stuff I said yesterday? I didn't mean it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's, that's why I like working in the um, for the most part, because there's always people there. I mean, the guys in the kitchen, you spend more time with them over a week than you do any of your family. Mm. Like it, we've got 12-hour shifts, like five days a week. That's a lot and of yours. It's a lot of hours, yeah. But it's a lot of time you spend with them people. So... You kind of do get a blow steam with them, of like you should crack you and all that sort of stuff. Aye. Um, and it's it's great because you become kind of like a family. Yeah. Especially with the lads in the kitchen. I mean, you see it all the time with work and that. The same when I'm working. There's what four of us that work together all the time, so it's like a tight little circle of guys, and yeah. you can class them all as your friends. You can go out and have a drink with them. You can go out and socialise yeah. with them. You know pretty much what's going on in their lives every day, um, yeah. but then as soon as you start working with them, you're probably talking like ninety five percent of people you lose contact with. Yeah, because yeah. you're not friends; you're work friends. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. And yeah, you'll see them in the street and you'll you'll right back to where you were, you know. But again, yeah, it's man. the no when he was close. Yeah, it's it's different. It's a different kind of friend, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's nights obviously where you go you go on night out after work and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and we have them kind of things. But I know exactly because some of the people I used to work with, I, I don't see anymore. I don't talk to anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as much as I'd like to. I mean, there's the odd little Snapchat that goes around. Um, right, right. You know, like you'll bump into them one night out and you'll have, like, like you say, exactly like as if you're, yeah, yeah, as if you've never just, stopped working together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but it's different for the people that the kind of friendships you make. Um, other times you like like school friends and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean Dom. I mean he's like he's essentially my brother, the guy from Cambridge. Um, right. We met whilst we were in that uni in Sheffield, and. Um, to his family's like my family it's that's how close it is like his mother's such a wonderful person yeah and um it's it's it, like there'll be months where we we, we don't message either, each other or anything like that um but we'll go on holiday and we'll see each other again and it'll be like we only like sort of messaged each other a couple Aye. of days before Aye. But that's that's one of the lasting friendships that will uh, never never go that one. Can you hear the dog? Uh roughly in the background. I've just uh, just heard him as you mentioned it. Yeah, I was he's been barking now and again. I didn't know how sensitive this mic was. Let's oh, see it's it in OBS. Not loud, <laughs> like um, background noise. Aye. No. Mm. Oh. Aye. So. Uh, that's social anxiety. How much of a tangent was that? <laughs> oh, it's great. Love it, man. What sort of hobbies are you into? Um, obviously, gaming's a big one. This afternoon, I actually went out when I was in town and got the new Spider-Man. Oh, I PS4. So I'm looking forward to getting tucked into that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it's um, I do like my phones. Quite a big. Uh, Marvel fan for the films. I quite like the films. Yeah, they've done really well with that. Um, last week I had a, last week off I had was um, a couple of weeks back over my birthday, and I literally just went through every single one of them, one after the other. Wow! So, like the nine, yeah, the nineteen films that are out. Um, still haven't seen Ant Man and the Wasp yet. There's nineteen films. It was twenty, including Ant Man and the Wasp. Wow. Yeah, Gee, it was. Yeah, man. It's nuts. So I went through on my week off and just ploughed through all that whilst doing the rep grind. That is a like good effort, but that takes <laughs> some serious brain power to get oh. through all that. Yeah, man, just one after the other. I think I've done like, on the Monday, I've done like five or six of the films, just back to back to back. Huh. Got takeaway. It's mad. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, I've got the Kindle app on my phone. Bear in mind. And at the minute, the, uh, the old Star Wars Legend stuff. Oh, yeah, okay. So all the old expanded universe before Disney took up. Yeah. The... I've been, uh, I've always done some of the audiobooks for them. Starting yeah. from Darth Bane. Mm. Yeah. 
it's an amazing trilogy that oh i, I think i've read oh, read through them a very, very very few times i read um, i read the books and then i listened to the audio books right and they're, they're both as good as each other like it's... i've never actually listened to a book before oh um, mate that they're really good and obviously they're in like three sound effects and all that as well lightsabers swinging about right. and, and oh, they actually nice. did it really well yeah but, but i'll tell you a good one to uh, read and or listen to is you know the the traveler from blizzard oh is it um it's not about destiny is it no no it's a bit a little boy it's in the warcraft universe right a little boy a uh, something thon Right. Can't remember his first name. Anyway, he goes with his, he gets taken away with his dad, and he's on this ship, and a series of dramatic events happen, and then he's right. no longer on the ship, but okay. he's got to try and get survive. He's trying to get home, and it's like a survival type adventure. And uh, there's two books out now. Um, right. One was released in 2016, I believe, and one was released in February there, and they were. Uh, oh, cool. they were really good and it's the first time right that I've I, did I listen to it? I listened to it I've got it on a oh, what was it? Amazon that was Amazon, it the Audible? Aye, aye that one oh. uh, and it's the first time I've actually listened to something like that and I've got right. excited about a race yeah. being explained to me <laughs> it's, oh, awesome. it was a really weird feeling honestly and I quite believe reading it as well you'd be in the same sort of zone yeah and it's it was good like it was well worth well worth it if you've got the time for it go for yeah. it man it's good yeah, yeah. um definitely something like i said i do prefer having, like when I, when it comes to reading having the actual book in my hand but mm. uh, more often than not circumstance doesn't really permit um because i'll be reading just so i won't sleep and it's a lot easier to read on a phone has its own inbuilt light system. Aye, aye. Um, as opposed to switching it off, and you can just literally put it down. You don't have to worry about it. You can put it on your bed next to you. Like. And then also at work, when I'm on my breaks, I can sit upstairs and uh, just sit and read and have a cup of tea mm-hmm. for an hour. Um, and it's a lot easier just to have my phone where I can choose from all sorts of other books. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There's uh, another series that I haven't. Five books mainly because and it's sorry, you one. cut it there. Another series, um, what? Uh, another series of novels. Um, I think I've read the first seven, but he releases like this. This guy releases them quite regularly, man. I think there was one year he released three. He's just rapid with, with them. Um, Who who's this? It's um, sorry, didn't explain this very well. Uh, it's the Ben Hope series of novels. Ben novels Hope, by, uh, yeah, Ben Hope by. Scott Mariani, I think his name is. Okay. Essentially, this guy's a ex SAS, like sort of from, uh, I think it's the twenty second division, something like that, of like one of the, the specialist uh, things. Uh, and he now goes into kidnap and ransom, like sort of, like recovery. So uh, yeah, essentially, if there's a high value target that's been kidnapped, and usually with kids, he'll go in extract them and bring them back to the families and stuff hmm. but in the process of doing all this he uh he ends up getting into some proper dan brown like conspiracy stuff which is really cool so like the, the, the first one he actually read was a different book 
um, called the Mozart Conspiracy. And it was about all these uh, like sort of letters and everything that like uh, to do with the magic flute and stuff, which is really it's like really good with the twists and turns. But like like I say, the book I went originally went for was because it was called the Mozart Conspiracy and I was studying uh, music at A level. And it turns out it just opened my eyes to a whole like sort of series of books which are fantastic. Really yeah. are. See it's good when you find a book that you didn't actually know was a trilogy. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, there's more. <laughs> mm. Especially if you like sort of you stumble across it from like I said, with me it was from music. Like completely different thing. I wasn't even expecting what it was. Uh-huh. But then it's just evolved into a look for the series. Like I say, it's, it's a hidden gem. As it were. Yeah. Right. Have you ever tried airsoft? Uh, I haven't, no. I've been I've um done paintball and stuff. Oh, I've done that. That's I good. Imagine. Um but no, it is something I would like to do is just time constraints and commitment. Yeah. Work and stuff. But um I hear you in that I've obviously seen the bridge conjure like you tube or something like that. Recently. Sorry, you cut out say again? Um seen in the bridge contract that you got in a little bit of a trouble with the law. Oh yeah. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was up at the local chip shop doing deliveries. Right. And my airsoft pistol was in a box on the back seat. <laughs> right. With, uh, I had a picture of it on the front of the box. Yeah. And there was a an airsoft shotgun right next to it. No box or anything. But it, looked, right. it was bright blue, had an orange end on it, yeah. and uh, it looked like something out of Halo. Right. So, obviously, <laughs> it's a toy gun. Yeah. Oh, I'm on uh, Facebook Messenger with my brother on a video call, and uh, I'm like, yeah, look at this. Opens the box, shows him the gun, takes yeah. the top of it, puts a black on, puts it back in the box, uh, but points it at him, at the phone, and then yeah. puts it down, which is now facing the middle of the road, not the side of the road, not at anyone, puts it back yeah. in the box, and uh, then I pulls out the shotgun, shows him that, <laughs> puts it back, and uh, at that, the girl in the chip shop shoots me. So, right, see you later. Hangs up, out the car, into the shop, grabs the bag, puts it in the back of the car. Keep in mind, there's loads of kids and two women stood outside the chippy. Yeah. So, in the car, I'm off, does a delivery, comes back, the armed response unit pull me over. <laughs> now, I didn't know this at the time, but to cut a long story short, they pulls me out of the car. Is that an airsoft pistol in the back? Aye. Right, okay. We need to search you. We had a report that blah, 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 blah. What? Oh, you had a report <laughs> of what? Oh, you pulled it out in public and somebody was scared. Oh, <laughs> you're fucking having me on. <laughs> so, the gun, the gun, the pistol was black. Yeah. But it's checkered blue on the top. So if you right. looked at it, it's not, it's not a gun. Yeah. They didn't look at it. They just seen it panicked, fucking, you know, phone yeah. the police. Um, I got arrested. I was in the cell for about five or six hours, which only actually felt like two or three hours, because I was <laughs> I just put myself in a weird 
meditative trance. Yeah. And time just, boom, it was gone. Nice. And, uh, and I was winding up the woman next door to me in the next cell. <laughs> I think she was on a downer from Ching or fucking... She was away, like, honestly. And oh. she kept shouting, I want my fucking lawyer! So I'd start barking <laughs> like a dog. And, uh, shut up, you evil bastard! And then she'd sit down for five, ten minutes, being quiet. And then she'd get back up, I want a cup of tea! Row, row, row. <laughs> shut up, you horrible cunt! I'm gonna bang you! And then she'd sit down again. <laughs> and this went on for ages. <laughs> oh. Keeping yourself amused. Oh, it was great. And then I started singing and fucking whistling and oh, I was driving her mad. But she was driving me mad with the noise. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, what goes around comes around. Oh, I. So I, it lets me out on a, a bail undertaking, they called it. Um, right. Bastards kept my airsoft pistol, though. Um, so I'm meant to be on court. Uh, this is the beginning of the month. I'm supposed to be in court near the end of the month. So I'm looking right. online, trying to see, get an idea, because I had my date that was supposed to be at court. The time yeah. and the date I'm to be there. But right, fine. So I'm looking online the day, like a couple of weeks before, a few days before, and there's nothing online saying that I'm going to be in court. Right. Because you have a listing online of who's going to be in court. So if you yeah, want to yeah. see somebody or you're in court, you can check. My yeah. name's not on it. Right. I finally gets a letter like the day before, two days, two, one or two days beforehand. The right. procurator fiscal is not going to take this any further at this time. <laughs> right. right. Okay. And then I gets another letter a few weeks later. Come pick up your airsoft pistol, or it'll be destroyed in twenty eight days. <laughs> All right. Okay. So that's the charges dropped then, because that's yeah. the evidence. Yeah. So me, I was open with the police. I told them exactly what I told you. Yeah. So what must have happened is there was two women there. Both of them must have gave a statement. Right. So you only need two bits of evidence to. Yeah, yeah. To do it. Now their two statements must have been different. Something yeah, had to contradict. True. And my testimony. Yeah. All right, you can't, you can't incriminate yourself with your own evidence. Yeah. But my testimony must have corroborated one of their stories. Yeah, and contradicted the other. So I yeah. think that's what's happened. I think, I think there's something like that's happened, and they've decided no, there's not enough evidence. Yeah. Plus the fact it's a morally grey area with the uh, airsoft pistols. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't pointing mm. at anyone. Yeah. That's the point, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, Bloody hell. You know, lessons learned. I won't be doing that again. But <laughs> you know, I got my pistol back. Which, to be fair, was like 95 quid. Yeah, it's a, so. it's a hefty whack, like. Yes, it is. Hefty whack. But aye, that was my little adventure. You know, never been in bother before, never had any sort of trouble. First mm. time being in a cell. Yeah. So, yeah, good fun. Nice fun escapade for you. Yeah. Something to talk about, eh? Talking fun. <laughs> I got arrested when I was younger. Wow, oh, what did you do? Selling drugs or? Nah. I had a toy. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you put it like that. Yeah, total waste of fucking time and money, that. Yeah, for everyone. Hmm. Jeez. You ever done scuba diving or snorkeling or anything like that? Um, no, I've done, 
I've messed around with the snorkel in the bathtub, but that's about. <laughs> that doesn't count, man. Try to see your own tadger under water doesn't count, man. <laughs> well, it looks bigger under there. Nah, it's the same size, like. <laughs> Damn it. Damn. No, never, never done it. Um, my cousin's been off before. Uh, when she went away to, where was it? Tenerife, I think it was. Um, she's and said it was amazing. Right. Never actually, never actually had the opportunity. It's, it's worth doing. Yeah. It's a totally different world down there. It's, it's amazing. And even if you just go snorkeling, um, I went snorkeling in Jamaica and well, I didn't date in Mexico. Just done it in Jamaica. Um, but there was a little rock pool outside the hotel. Well, right. but it was on a beach. But in this rock pool, there was um, a sea, is it a sea urchin? The little spiky things? Oh, yeah. Ah, I was trying to explain to Sarah what that was. I couldn't remember the name of it for the life of me. There was a little one. It looked like a hedgehog. Right. And uh, I pick it up. And uh, I went to let it go. But I'd like got little suckers. Little suckers in between all the spikes. Right. And I'm assuming it like grabs onto seaweed and things like that and sucks yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Because it wouldn't let go. <laughs> all right. I just pushed it off and it was fine. But yeah. if you kept a hold of that for a while, it would start to puncture your skin. Like. Oh, yeah. Imagine it's just um, prickly little buggers, I'm. I can imagine standing on one too. That would that wouldn't be nice. But yeah, no, not for me. So, for me. little fish, you see the little fish and things like that. It's definitely worth doing, yeah. even if you just go on a trip with snorkeling involved. Uh, you know, we went on a booze cruise, and they give you a snorkel right when you go get in the water. Give you a life jacket and away you go. Um, <laughs> And you got all these people bobbing about in the water, just you know, these guys are making easy money. But yeah. it's good, it's good fun, it's definitely worth doing. I've done shark diving mm-hmm. at Deep Sea World. Um, oh, right. I say shark diving. You went on it underwater, and there's sharks in the water. Right. There's a 44 stone shark called Tinkerbell. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a laugh. And you got these things, they swim, the tank's what, three meters deep? And they right. swim in the middle, and that's about head height. <laughs> so oh. when you're when you're walking around in that, you've got a dry suit and you've got weights on to hold you down. Yeah. Uh, so you can walk along the bottom of the tank, and it, the guy does a thing. So he shows you a symbol that he tells you this means go on your knees. So you do that, and this thing just swims right over the top of you. There's like four oh, big sharks man. in there. Yeah, it's, good, it's good fun, like. It's, yeah. Uh, can I imagine it being pretty cool? It's definitely oh, worth doing. Wow. And uh, you don't have to have previous knowledge of diving either. Right. So well, it's, it's just walking around at the bottom of the tank, isn't it? Aye. I imagine. Aye. And they give you a little, cool. a little tutorial before you go in and that. This is how you breathe, you know. Right. Bum, bum, bum. So it's, and if anything goes wrong, there's guys there with you. You know, and right. they've got extra air tanks and everything that go with it. So it's good. That's it's, pretty cool. It's definitely worth doing, right? What about martial arts? Have you ever done anything like that? Um, yeah, when I was a kid, I used to do um, karate over at the mm. local recreation centre. Um, uh, but then we moved from where I grew up as a kid to to another town just over. Um, I used to love it. I think I was about eight year old when I did it. Yeah. I went went right the way through, and I think I got two brown belts. Okay. Which was pretty cool. 
But then mm. when we moved, I uh, done, I think it was about six or seven months worth of Taekwondo as well. Okay. Which was, was awesome. But for, I think that now, oh, jeez, I'm getting old. <laughs> when you put years. it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, thinking about it now is... So it's a long time ago. Yeah. Would you would you ever consider going back? Um. Yeah, prob- I probably would to be honest. Uh, but it's, it's going back and finding the time to do something like it. Yeah. Uh, especially with my work, like I said before, it's twelve hour shifts, five days a week. So on my off days, more often than that, I'll just like sort of sit and chill and just do nothing, kind of thing. No, it'd be that definitely be interesting doing it again. Well, if, for what it's worth, uh, I recommend doing something like that, even if yeah. it's because it's an hour and a half, two hours at your day. Yeah. You know, it's, oh, it's. I mean, it's not much. Is it? No. And even if you do it at the weekend, it's it's half the battle, or whenever you've yeah. got time off, I suppose. But it's definitely worth that. when you're off. It's definitely worth doing something. Yeah. Doing the same things over and over, you, you'll drive yourself mad, like. It's just uh, um, trouble, obviously, is with like I said to you before. I've never got consistent days off. Um, mm, yeah, and more like our week works. Or more often than not, I won't find out until Saturday afternoon when I've got off the next week. So yeah. it's, it's it's difficult to try and plan that. You get a lot of things unless unless you've got time booked off. It's difficult to try and sort of plan anything. So, I mean, with myself, it's um, I don't tend to request a day off purely because I know the other lads have amazing kids and stuff like that. Mm, um, yeah. But I, I haven't got that kind of commitment because I'm a single guy, don't have any family, like sort of birth trip. I don't have any kids or anything like that. So, with myself, it's not too much of a major issue to just be given my days um, rather than requesting. Uh, yeah. So, I kind of leave it up to the other lads. Do you stuff. want next week off? Aye, that'll be fine. Yeah. That sort of thing. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's that's fair enough. Like during the summer holidays and that, I would imagine everybody would be trying to put the holidays in. Um, get away and things like that. Yeah, there's obviously our breakfast chef, she'd had two weeks for her child, like one at the start of the, the summer holidays, one at the end. Hmm. Um, our regular pizza chef, um, we call Dave. Um, you call Dave? Called Min- yes. Um, he's actually called Mania. Guy from Bangladesh, right? Um, he's he this summer he had all of his holidays um, that he'd accrued, and this year's holidays he took seven weeks, went back over to Bangladesh with his family to see wow. all of his yeah all of his relatives. That was I get um, for like seven weeks off. Seven weeks, man. But he uh, he hasn't he hasn't been back there in about fifty. Moved to Italy, and like so, was a chef there for ten years or so. And then he's uh, he's obviously come over here, so it's the first time he's gone back, and first time some of his kids have met his. So he went for the whole hog cost fortune, um, but it kind of left us in the predicament uh, of needing a yep. pizza chef. Yeah. So I'd ne- I'd never done it before before the summer really, shit like that. Um, so it kind of threw me in at the deep end. But he's back now, but it's kind of like. Oh, I enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> Can I keep doing that? <laughs> yeah. But no, it's funny he came back last Saturday. He was in. Um, 
And he had a laughing joke on him. He was like, oh, you, you do pizzas? Yeah, absolutely. And his face just dropped because he was like, oh, I'm not doing Spartans and Sirs. Quite a nice, quite a nice. Bless him. <laughs> oh, well. Good fun, eh? Nice, uh, I know. Seven weeks, man. He, he was missed. He was missed. Yeah. yeah. You don't really... A week, a week, a couple of weeks is fine, eh? You don't really notice. Everybody just adds the extra work in and it's fine. Yeah. But more than that, you're like, where is that cunt? <laughs> when the fuck... Is he coming Where back? are you? Are you coming back? I don't know. Fuck's sake, man. Yeah. 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 Totally get it, like. Oh, he must have been some trip that, though. Oh, seven weeks. I've been bored at my skull. Well, obviously... <laughs> it was nuts. I mean, God just knows how big his family is. He said it was... Incredible, like going back there after so long, but mm, the heat yeah. was killing him. It was like forty degrees constant all the way through the night as well. Fucking just hell. a constant, just oh, couldn't show. You should have went well. <laughs> Are you joking? I just stepped one foot off the plane, I'd have burnt him. <laughs> I just melt, just melt yeah, this well, stairway. Oh. I had to buy some Factor Fifty sun cream over there, um, just before. I think it was June, July when we had all that. Yeah, um, the extra heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like just for the five minutes or so, I'd have break outside. <laughs> five I had minutes. Sun cream. Yeah, man, it was horrendous, <laughs> horrendous. I got. I mean, actually got a good bit of a tan this year. <laughs> I don't tan. It's just like a yeah. dirty brown. Oh, sorry, a dirty white. We'll go for that. <laughs> More freckles than you can count. Yeah. Oh. Have you not just been rolling around in the mud? Well, I work on a chicken farm. It's probably shite. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, fun. I mean, a preach fan. When we were out, uh, oh, in that Manchester, was roasting. It was on the Thursday morning. It was boiling hot, man. Oh, I was man. sat there. I think I put a bit of sun cream on, and then everybody around was like, "Oh, can I borrow?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh God!" The fellow yeah. nerds are bumming. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sun. We've never seen this before. You think I felt? Oh, I had a bottle of red wine before it started. <laughs> Whoa. Oh. Them oh. three days, man. Sixteen-hour drinking sessions, I think it was. Each Fuck. morning was starting about eleven, and each I was finishing at like sort of half four, five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> for three days straight. See, I had to make sure I was in my bed early for uh, reasons to. Yes. You know. Yeah. Had to be up early. Oh, yeah. So. Oh. Nuts, man. I had a really awkward encounter with. Uh, Taliesin as well. Awkward. On the morning. Well, he made levity of it. Obviously, it being that warm, me being me, I don't cope well with heat anyway, but I brought a spare t-shirt in my bag on just to change it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd gone into the toilet of the little pub we were in and uh, start strips my shirt off, reaches down into my bag to get me the other one and I hear the door open, thinking nothing of it. Turns around, it's Taliesin. I'm like, oh god! It had to be the most. It had to be the most handsome, perfect guy that was at the convention. <laughs> and I walks in, and he's obviously a YouTube, obviously a big YouTuber. And I was like, oh shit! <laughs> he was like, oh sorry, yeah. Like, Please don't mind. I'm just getting changed. But then he was like, oh no, honestly, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. He pulls out my square. So I choose now. He's like, oh, you've got to break. Can I? Pull? So I was like, yeah, my god. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm sat so, there like a little bit starstruck anyway. He's, but then, um, he's like, no bothered. It was oh. just you then. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my. Like, uh, it could have been anyone else. It was Taliesin, like I said. But he's just like dressed to the nines. Like, he looks smart and impeccable. Ever. He did. Um, he did it, overdress it. Was, yeah. Oh, he, he, he pulled it off well. He pulled it off really well. But oh, yeah, yeah he's, uh, he, he pops into the toilet and I'm like, I'm not pulling that. Like, my sprout was boring sprout. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm well prepared for this. I've got sun cream in it, like antihistamines for like sort of hair fever and everything like that. It was like, oh, you sound like a man that's done this during more prepared. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, man. That's what you're after, though, eh? Well prepared, though, you. Prepared yeah. to fail. Prepared to prepare. Exactly. Yeah. Are you squeamish? Prior preparation prevents piss poor performance. Prior preparation prevents piss poor performance. Something like that. Yeah. Are you squeamish? Oh, um, no, I wouldn't say I was actually. No, um, I remember a time when I was actually in the middle of taking an order for a table in a pub. Just take right in the order and out the corner. I see this thing flying around. So thinking it's a fly, I reach out, full on Mister Miyagi, and catch it in my hand. <laughs> and I looks at the table in front of me, and the. the all got like looks of horror on the face and I just, without opening my hand I looked at them and went that wasn't a fly was it like nope I looked and out the corner of my hand crawling out of it is this big old dirty wasp I was like I'll be back in a second a chucks wasp. it outside a wasp it was huge whoa <laughs> chucks it out came back to the table I was like right can I take your order and they were like did that not sting you I was like no no it was alright but it was like I was quite shocked man this thing was a <laughs> that's <wasp>. amazing <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, okay. <laughs> Casual. I was really surprised. So you're a so, god of war and a fucking ninja. <laughs> catching so wasps. A ginger ninja. Gee whiz, that's brilliant. <laughs> I don't know how that was done that, that's, that's something else. Yeah, I'm really surprised. Like, um, obviously, I didn't squeeze it, which would have been stupid. But like yeah. the fact that I'd actually plucked it out of the air. Hey. Made their um, lives better because then they weren't worrying about a wasp. Yeah. Customer service at its best, eh? Oh, yes. <laughs> Can't go in with fly killer, can you? There's food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. Oh. So, that's that's, that's yeah. amazing. You know, um, like living where I did as a kid as well, it was like a little, proper little village thing. Our, the back, our back garden was a field beyond that and the, the local lake and everything. Um, and obviously there was woods and stuff around the area as well. So me being me, like a kid, like if I was squeamish, I wouldn't be able to have, have fun out there. But I was always running around playing the mud and shit like that. Yeah. So like I was always picking up worms and chasing people around with them as we, as you do as kids. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I've done that a couple of times. Yeah. It's only usually girls that are scared of worms, though. Or they act as if they do. I don't think worms are actually scary. Nope. Yeah, uh, just one sec. Yep. Ah. If you want to hear a break, you can hear a break. It's, I'll just pause the recording. Thank you. Thank you. Um.
allowed at her. Like not disturb him. I've, I've moved downstairs, but he's he's up and about now. So <coughs> okay, I've relocated again. Ah, oh. right, okay. <laughs> on the move again. Oh. On the road move. again. <laughs> get ready to get on the road again. Why? Do you stay at your pulses? Um, it's kind of like I've been here about two years now, so it's it's. Hmm. Kind of like kind of living here, kind of. It's um, it's stemming on from the situation with mum, which is why I haven't been speaking to her. So, uh, <coughs> see, apparently, people with depression do tend to push people away. Um, yeah, which is devastating, and I don't yeah, think they do um, it intentionally. Well, well, she kind of has. This, uh, this is the long, long, side, so, uh, long side of the stories. Um, she's anyone who's tried to help her, she's like sort of shut down essentially, um, refused help for so long. Yeah. Um, but it's not even just that. She was listening to the the wrong people. So someone would say something to her, and it'd be like they, they haven't got a clue what they're talking about essentially. Yeah. Um, but she'd listen to them. And she'd take that as fact. So whenever anyone who knew what they were talking about contradicted what she had already, she refused to believe them, which wasn't a good situation. Um, but whilst I was like sort of, I'd moved back in, stayed with her again after coming out of uni to to help her. Yeah. Um, she kept lending twenty quid off me every day for about three or four months. Um. But it wasn't just lending it off me every day. It, she was waking me up at half five in the morning um, to ask for money. Oh, yeah, okay. And it ended up being about £800 that she owed us. Jesus. And every time she, yeah, every time she kept paying us back, she'd try and pay us back in a big, massive lump sum, leave herself short, and then have to borrow, borrow more money off me again um, mm. just to keep herself thinking. Like, so that, um, but she was just wasting money. And every time I try to ask for like money back, because like it, obviously it was quite a big financial ah, it's pressure. Ah, straining yourself as well. Huh? Yeah, um, it caused arguments, which was um, wasn't great. No, not helpful. Um, oh no, not at all. Um, so what I try to do was say instead of like sort of paying lodge, I'll just each week I'll just deduct that off how much you owe me. Hmm. And obviously, her being her, didn't think she was bored. Like, so, I don't know whether like sort of in the state she was in. I think she hadn't been taking tablets and medication and everything like that as well, yeah. which didn't help. But she didn't realise and remember how much she'd actually been borrowing off me, even though I was writing it all. And she was signing next to it just because like, we had to start getting a ridiculous amount. Yep. Um, she was saying I was lying and stuff like that and then causing arguments. And then when I'd argue back, <clears throat> she'd call the police and say she's paying for her life and everything like that. Um, but when they come, they could see the situation and understood like sort of what had been going on because they'd, they'd know my mum. But as it was, I, like sort of one of us still had to leave the premises for the night. Oh, like so a I domestic type thing. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up coming to my mate a couple of times, and it just got that bad that she was she was uh, hassling me at work and everything like that. So like I ended up no. moving out. Was she at and your work? Awful or was she just like? No, no, she, she was phoning in and then she'd come down and stuff. It was just horrendous. Like, 
awful. Um, but I ended up leaving the place, um, moving with my mates, and then I'd still like sort of phone her and speak to her every now and then. But then yeah. she, uh, she ended up. What, what was it she'd done? She'd shouted death threats and stuff to the neighbours. Got arrested for that. Um, and then she'd, I think she'd spent a week in prison for that. Got it all sorted out, and then she went. It was actually in the local paper, which I didn't really know because I don't obviously read the papers, don't have yep. the time to. Um, but it was pointed out to me by some people I work with that she'd been arrested for stealing charity money out of shops <gasps> as well. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but then she's like, so, so why she? I think she was in jail for about three months. So for that, um. Oof. Uh, See, I don't agree point. with putting. I don't mean to sound nasty saying it this way, but I don't agree with putting people in that's got mental issues in prison, or at least not in a normal prison. Um, no, well, she wasn't. She was in like a kind of thing, maximum security thing. So you cut, you cut in, it there. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, she was in a place up in Durham that was like a, it's like a hospital prison, so a prison for like that. Right. Okay. So they were looking after so, her when she was in there, sort of thing. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But it was obviously still in nah, still form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So she'd obviously tried to reach me and like get in contact with me to try and go and see her, and I was like, I didn't really didn't want to. So I'd spoken to a solicitor mm-hmm. and asked how she was and everything like that, and uh, she was like, Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I'll get in co- like I'll, I'll get back in contact with you next week. Next week didn't come around. Like I'm still like sort of don't know what the hell's going on with her. Um, next thing you know, in walks my mum to my place of work. Oh, um, she obviously on a medication stuff like that. She'd been um, apparently a DLA hadn't been stopped while she was in jail, like sort of jail, which it was supposed to have been. Um, so she got like a massive like amount of money. She blew it all. Just literally went to shop, like sort of bought a load of crap. Spending therapy, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's what. And she went. She went to Primark, and she brought me what she said was her birthday gift. She brought me like a hundred pound Primark card to try and like sort of make up things. So I was like, I don't even want it. Like I was stood at work shaking like a leaf because I was that stressed that she was there and yeah. I couldn't work properly. But the worst part about it was she was like sort of she'd obviously been on medication, but she was overly nice and she was chatting on with everyone I work with, and they were like, "Oh, she seems fine and stuff like that." But I'm like, "I'm." Yeah. I've seen that side of it too many times. To, like, Two sides of the coin. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, when she's on a medication, she's lovely. She has a heart. But it's just too often recently that she's been thinking that she doesn't need the medication and just went off the rails. That's the, the bipolar part, though, isn't it? Oh, they feel yeah. like they're on top of the world. feel like they're great. They feel fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Everything's great. And then, boom, rock bottom. And if they've not got the meds to catch them when they're down there, yeah, lots of things. The things are untouchable, so they stop taking the medication because of the thing. Yeah. And that's when you off, off the edge. It's, it's a shame, but you could see why it could be a problem. Oh, yeah. But you'd think maybe, it's... but again, I don't even know how you would deal with it or get them help. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying. I I'm tried. not going to pretend I know because yeah. I don't. I'd, fo- I'd phoned a district nurse and everything like that to try and get her help she just refused it that many times that they kind of were like well we can't do anything because she's not wanting the help she's refusing it and she's still technically like sort of too well to get sectioned 
which is the way they'd actually have to do it. Um, yeah, I was just thinking about that. What could I don't know if you could prove that she's not in the right mind looking after herself or something. Yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't want to do that to anybody, but it's um, it, it, bad situation because it wasn't just like bad left. It wasn't just bipolar she had anymore. Like sort of um, another like I don't know what it was. It was she had like split personality type things. Schizophrenia. Well, she got, no, no, nothing on that scale. Just like a, um, a side. It's like it was all like it, I think they the, the misdiagnosed it a couple of years beforehand on her as well. They just presented as the bipolar did, but it just meant that she's like sort of she switches personality like sort of she's the same person, but yeah. just her personality just completely flips, and she can be right nasty with it as well. Um, okay. But that, it, I think that was what was presenting by the time I was leaving more than the bipolar. So they couldn't put a, a get a section for that. It's because it's a, it's more of a therapy hill. Right, that, okay. like, sort of excuse that side of it rather than the medication. Uh-huh. But uh, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a bad situation to be in. But um, she has, like, she'd been sectioned um, a couple of times. Um, the first time was when she like she first got diagnosed uh, I think I was three or four year old mm. and all I remember was seeing her hold a knife up to my dad's throat through the kitchen door oh, wow. um, and that was quite traumatic so I had like it'd been even at that age it had been programmed into me my, my auntie's phone number who lived around the corner so I'd phoned her and kind of just said like something bad's happening um, so she'd obviously phoned the police to come around. Yeah, you you knew at that um, age something was wrong. Yeah, well, obviously seeing seeing a, a knife up at your dad's throat isn't the best thing. Yeah, well, that's the uh, best thing to um, remember as well. But, no, it's not. It was awful. That's the first one of the first memories I had about like sort of you know being ill. Mm-hmm. But instead of um, just getting a like sort of sentenced and put into prison and stuff like that and pressing charges, my dad actually turned around and said, "She's obviously not well." Can we like sort of get a get a look at or like sort of get her checked out and stuff? Yeah, so he and knew he something was up as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is back in when you say around about ninety six, ninety five, ninety six. Mm-hmm. So it was it was when stuff was still relatively. Just wait, so that's um, quite early on for the mental yeah. health. Um, yeah, well, when she actually got diagnosed, it wasn't bipolar it's still called a uh, hypermanic depression right okay so it's still had its old name and everything like that um but yeah it, it, because of that he ended up getting a diagnosed and got her on on the menu got her on track again well that's good then i think yeah. it w- was your dad keeping her level yeah th- yeah very big presence in being like sort of th- uh in that yeah um and he was always like a steady rock as well and situations so like there'd be times when she wasn't very well and she'd uh, she'd run off and go and live in a and b for a couple of weeks but I'd go with her because I knew my dad could look after himself and I'd kind of try and be the stabling factor for her. Aye, aye you're that um, wee little thing that's just to look after mm, to keep her yeah keep her yeah. there um, but it, it'd be on my own head that I'd go with her kind of thing so I had to go up real quick oh okay it's insane so but yeah, I kind of had to get out of that. You were talking about uh, 
fostering, helping foster kids yes. and that. Yeah, um, that obviously came from the situation after my daughter died, I moved into foster care. Um, and originally, the plan was for me to go back to my mum. But I'd seen in the six months between my dad dying and me going to foster care that Christmas, I'd seen um, I'd seen how volatile it was to with just me and my mum. And I'd, right. uh, I'd said to them, look, it's it's not going to work. I think I was only 13 at the time and they were trying to put us back after my mum come back out of hospital, trying to put me back with her. Yeah. I said, all that will end up happening is three months' time back and forth me. And they weren't listening. Like, oh, no, we've got to get you back. It's the best thing for you. It's this Aye. Because the, the, the assumption is you need to be with your close relative or family yeah. member to have a normal upbringing and try to keep it as normal as possible. Yeah. Um, but in some cases, that's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, because obviously my mum was presenting quite stable and quite well. And she had been for a good th- three or four months before then. Yeah. Um, they seemed to think that was the best thing. But... As it obviously, I'd seen it and I'd seen how we worked. We used to love each other up the wrong way, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, especially without my dad there. Um, I'd said to them, Look, like, just keep me in foster care. It'd be the better thing. And they're like, No, no, no. So in the end, I'd, uh, I'd been speaking to one of my, my mentors slash counselor at school. And she en- ended up putting me on a NIAS, which is the National Youth Advocacy Service. Yeah. And they got involved. And they were an adult speaker on my behalf and pretty much shut him down and said, like, look, this is this is how it is. It's not going to be good for him to go back there. He will be back in and out of foster care and it'll be disrupting like sort of his school life, everything. Um, just switching all the time. He'll, he's a bright lad. He'll, he'll go down the wrong track. So they eventually started listening and I, um, I ended up in a long-term foster placement, which turned out to be the best thing to happen because I got lot more opportunities i ended up going to going off to college and doing a bit at university and stuff as well, yeah which i wouldn't have had that opportunity if i'd have stayed with my mum ah you're going um, in and out and in and out stressing about your mum yeah. not focusing at school yeah, yeah. and yeah. as it was i still ended up going and like, sort of having an overnight visit, visit my mum and stuff like that anyway yeah so i still had the contact with her and it was it was a better time spent with her than it would have been if i was living with her yeah you um, would have resented every moment of it your yeah. relationship probably yeah. be a lot worse. A lot. I'm, I'm not crit- criticizing or anything, but no, it'd no. probably be a lot worse now than what it is. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, it definitely would be. It definitely would be. Um. So obviously, from those experiences, I'd uh, start getting involved in the the children and care council for our area. Um. Right. Which obviously, I help change how our local social services kind of looked at kids in care, um, which then spread out to the, like more of the northeast. Um, and there was me uh, and the last who was in foster care with us as well at my long-term placement. Yeah. We um, we started like sort of bringing more people into the fold and then as it was, we were talking to foster carers um, on our experiences and how to work like sort of pers- and like prospective foster carers, sorry, as they were training and how mm. to like sort of welcome kids into home and like how to like sort of handle certain situations and stuff. Um, so we were like sort of like behavioural problems and things like that. Um, kind of. It was like we were kind of the um advocate like sort of their eyes of um of how it is to be in foster care mm. and giving them like sort of 
how we felt when we like sort of went into it like a new household uh, shit, like a stranger's home stranger's and, and you didn't belong yeah. there yeah All and how, stuff, how yeah. like our first yeah how our foster carer like sort of counteracted that and like helped us through it and everything like that just to give them a bit of perspective and so they know what they were getting into when there was like a, a new a, a new child coming into their yeah. uh, their home who's invariably going to be terrified because it's a very scary situation mm-hmm. um and well, it helps don't always understand what's going on eh? no no not all the time no more often than that i mean some of the kids i was speaking to there was one lad in cuba brilliant lad bright um always enthusiastic very intelligent like sort of um but he'd come as uh, an asylum seeker from africa right um him and, and his little brother had uh seen uh, what can only be described as something that shouldn't like sort of happen to anyone his family had been killed in front of him whilst right. he was at home like in africa his parents and his little sister very very traumatic yeah um but then he's come over, like not really speaking the language at first, and being put in foster care. And like I say, he's such a wonderful, like, so. yeah, wouldn't hurt a fly. And he like he's like sort of start sharing his experiences and opening up because of the work that me and Tina were doing with foster sister, um, with like sort of our social services because we started then getting like a like a little a smaller council for our like sort of kids and care council our social services to try and improve also um which i think is still going on to this day and it's just rotating through um and we all like sort of obviously like i said with the cuba we brought him into the fold so he started like sort of getting more hands-on involved everything like that and i think he's uh one of the uh leaders of the council now, even though he's like sort of moved on from, he's still getting stuck in and involved. Ah, which is fantastic. Have you considered making a video of a uh, what you said about your experiences and how it, talking to foster parents and that? Have you thought about putting that into like a video format? So um, people um, I think everywhere could watch. if I remember rightly, um, the social service actually did that. So like they put together like a pack that. With, right, okay. like I say, we maintain it. Like as we were growing through it, they'd, they'd be filming the meetings and stuff like that. Okay. So they've done stuff like that that they've actually started handing it to to the, the the people that can't make it to the meetings. Yeah, yeah. Um, Watch this, read this, all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But okay. it's it, um so like that's like a first stage of it. But having us at those meetings is for them to like ask us questions. So it was like the hands-on approach for it as well. Um. Ah. But it's good that they like they developed that, and like I say, I believe they still like I haven't had that much contact with them recently, but I believe they still do all that sort of stuff with the like kids that are in care now at the minute. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's, that's amazing. Getting, getting the kids opportunity to give ourselves a bit of future. Well, yeah. You're giving them it's the opportunity given, to yeah. at least. Get, let them make the decision where they want what yeah. they want in their lives. Um, yeah, it was like I say. I think what my case was a like a stepping turn in us, like at least in our area, oh. um, and it's just from being just another number in their files into actually kids with voices who mm-hmm. want to like sort of to have like a good role in their own like sort of life in the future. Yeah. 
problem now. I mean, like what you said there, he's putting you back in with your mum. He says, no, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Having that yeah. adult representative that knows you're not talking shit. Yeah. You actually, this is what you want, but nobody's going to listen to you. Yeah. So have that representative there to say, look, we, I know the situation. This is what's happening, and this is what he yeah. wants. Yeah. This is the best thing for them. Because so, they'll listen to them. Yeah. Um, well, that's because they're. Sorry, you cut out there. Sorry. Um, because they were impartial. Like Partial advocates. Yeah. The sort like the social workers that kind of literally eat the shit themselves and started like getting into uh, a <laughs> and it, it it was it was a shame that it took that <laughs> to 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 get them to like to, to listen. Aye. But eventually the obviously there's no use for the advocates in in the our system anymore because of that sort of thing. They the started listening because it wasn't just me, there was a few others that hadn't been listened to as well yeah um so obviously it brought about good change for our, for our social services sounds amazing it really does i've never see i'm i ain't going to pretend i know anything about this stuff because that and for your situation i grew up in the perfect household right you know, yeah i'm not, I'm not bragging but I, that means i don't know the other side yeah no it's, it's difficult to say i mean um of my situation like Personally, I don't think I've really had that bad of a life, considering like sort of some of the people I've spoken to, mm-hmm. um, they've had a hell of a lot worse. So that's that's the outlook I've kind of taken it from, is that there's always someone who's had a worse. It could have been thing. a hell of a lot worse. Yeah. yeah. Some stuff. That, and to me, it's just it, it is. It's a matter of fact, which is why I said to you on my book, like I don't mind talking about this thing, like these yeah. things, because the experiences that have happened to me, I shouldn't be ashamed of. Or anything like that, and I know that I've helped people along the way. People have helped me, and it's it, like something's come of it. Yeah, yeah. And definitely. I know, like, like say, when I I approach something and like when life shit and stuff like that, the outlook I've got is it's not all always going to be like this. And there's a, a people out there that I know that have had it a hell of a lot worse. And Aye. that I kind of pulls you through it. Pulls you through. It's the way to do it, man. Just keep your head up. Things could be worse. They could always yeah. be worse. It could be fucking snowing outside for fuck's sake. Oh, I love it when it snows. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? I do. Oh. Well, it's the, about the only time I can actually wear shorts and t shirt and not be fucking. <laughs> 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 You're as bad as me. There's shorts all the time. Oh, yeah. Um. <laughs> I remember, like, sort of over December, we'd had a, uh, not December, sorry, February, we had a snow week here, so all the kids were off school and everything like that. It was minus six degrees outside, and I was in shorts and t-shirt. That's brilliant. That's amazing, mate. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> uh, we, I can go to work one day, my boss was freaking out, because uh, we're getting chicks at the farm, and right. uh, you can't exactly go and strike, and you can't take, if you're needed at the farm, it's livestock, eh? You yeah. need to be looked after. There's no... Yeah. You know, you... You can't just it. not go into work one day and Aye. everything will be fine. Aye. Yeah. You know, you need to go in. And he was freaking out because I couldn't get out of the village. Jesus. Oh, but the main roads are clear. Aye. What am I meant to do when I get there? How am I meant to get there? 
Yeah. <laughs> I can't get out of my street. Bloody hell. She spent me dig for four hours. You know. Yeah. And uh, I had to dig the car out the day before. And then I managed, just managed to get it out the next day. Christ. Yeah, it was, he was freaking out like. And I went in on the day where there was no chickens coming in. So, yeah. Once they're in, it's fine. But it's, yeah. it's getting them in when things are going on. But uh, they had a tractor going up and down the, the main road outside the farm. They paid the farmer, <laughs> like, what was it? They were paying them. It was like two two £3,000 a day to clear Bloody this hell. road. And it's only like two or three miles. You and know. in this tractor, it was taking them 10 minutes a run. But he was doing that like four or five times a day. Yeah, because it was that heavy. Yeah. Oh, just God. unbelievable, man. Wow. Well, um, I'd actually had a week booked off holiday-wise just to have, have a break over um, when this snow week happened. Aye. And it was just shit timing, man, because our boiler broke as well. So I needed my tips that week to be able to give a little bit more money to Steve to try and help pay for the boiler. Mm-hmm. So I went into work, big mistake, very big mistake, because a couple of the chefs um, couldn't get out of the houses, similar sort of situation work. Uh-huh. And our restaurant is in the middle of the biggest housing estate, private housing estate in uh, so in everybody Europe. was walking in? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's the only restaurant in oh, the Oh, wow. Good <laughs> and, and bad. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I walked in, and in the porch area, there was 30 sledges. Kids 30. everywhere. Like sledges. Oh, sledges, right. Yeah. So obviously, parents have been pulling the kids on them along, everything <laughs> like that. It was meant to be a week where the kids were in school, but obviously no teachers could get yeah. into schools were closed. So our restaurant was packed. I'd walked in, i get my tips said hi to the guys in the kitchen and the head chef said oh could could use your help like so i ended up working the thursday night and the full friday is this before you started working in the kitchen no no i was i was already in the kitchen anyway but i booked a week off holiday so (laughs) but i'd end up working on two of my days holiday it was was so busy so yeah i did but it was it it was i'd only booked it off for time off so i could get away with like because i was going to lose holidays Ah, um, right, okay, right. So, so I could, so I could like sort of just enjoy what? like sort of some peace and quiet. Yeah. But it didn't end up like that. And <laughs> ironically enough, every holiday I've taken since working at least one. So the one before Preachcom, um, our, our head chef at the time, on the Saturday night, just tools down, walked out, and done. Oh, remember you tell me about us, that? Yeah, left us in the ship, man. Left us in the ship. Um. So I ended up doing the Tuesday, work the Tuesday for cash in hand, so I had more money for Preachcon. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And then this, the last week I had off, it was my birthday on the Friday, back end of August. Um, I'd obviously been enjoying uh, enjoying playing a bit of a while. And I got a text on the Thursday morning, um, we're short-staffed, can you work tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I ended up working another day on my holidays. So, and I was needed. Each time I've gone in, I've been absolutely spanked. Well, at least you're not going in and standing with a brush. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I've done that yeah. a few times. Oh, we need you to come in. Ah, okay, over time. Right, grab a brush. Oh, what? <laughs> well, see that, you can go home. <laughs> yeah. I'll walk about with a brush for two hours, not a problem. 
<laughs> and I just go and hide somewhere, get some, get some sleep. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, there's no chance of doing that in my place. No, no, not with the sound of it. Well, I used to work at a place called Oceaneering, and uh, they their jobs right when something's running. It's it's easy. It's a piece of piss. Yeah. And if it breaks down, you've got what three? No, one, two, three, maybe about. 10 to 12 people on one job and if that job breaks down you've then got 10 to 12 people doing nothing yeah so they've got to get the machine up and running as quick as possible right but other machines break as well <laughs> so they've got to prioritise <laughs> machines getting fixed they never actually Jesus. fix them they just do patches and it's yeah it's a disaster Bodge jobs but it's good because you get paid for like 12 hours so then fuck all it's great yeah. and if they send you home still have to pay you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, grab a brush. I want you to go and clean this. I want you to go and paint. Yeah. I no bother. I'll just I'll, I'll go and do that. And then you just go and find somewhere to hide and sleep. Not a problem. Sweet. <laughs> just set your alarm for peace time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. oh, awesome. You ever nerve raged? Oh, all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> <laughs> My job's one big nerd rage, honestly. <laughs> oh, wow. All the time. Oh. I guess. Not as bad as I used to as a kid. There was a couple of snapped PS2 controllers when I was a kid. Snap? How the hell did oh, you yes. snap one of them? Did <laughs> the, you jump the, on it? Um, no, no. Twist The twist. So if you twist them, they just fall apart. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of people throwing them and things like that, but never, never twisting them, like. Yeah, well, the, obviously, I don't think it'd work now, anyways, because they're a lot more solidly built. But I think I might have had like cheap ones bought for me because right. never, never wealthy with money. Yeah. So I'd like obviously bought <laughs> yeah, old ones or something like that. What but was that like, called? Uh, third party peripherals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think obviously the. Like as the, the the joints aren't that like strong, um, and the twist action just kind of yeah, they're not the same. It's twisting. flying everywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So one what like one of the uh, the handles went up, one went down, and just bump, and Oops. everything went everywhere. Yeah, I broke did that. <laughs> yeah, so that wasn't fun. That's probably my place. That was a uh, when was the last time you fell asleep playing a game? Um, last night, uh, not last night, sorry, the night before. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, man. Um, what was I playing? Oh, Jesus. Mine's been blank. Um, it's on my PlayStation. PlayStation? On my PlayStation 4, yeah. Um, I was just sat, like, sort of in bed after work, playing it, and then next thing I know it's... Next the, thing you know, what? Sorry, you cut out. It, it, it's four o'clock in the morning. I've woke up and then, like, my character's dead. Oh, your things. Characters did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. It's it's one of those things, like, because it takes me so long to wind down after work. I can't sleep for a good couple of hours. Right, okay. Um. So I'm, I'm getting in usually around about, like, half ten after shift. Um, so I'll, I'll either watch a film or put something on Netflix or watch YouTube um, yeah. or, or play a game. 
and more often than not, I find myself like dozing off probably around about half one in the morning. Um, so like I'll, I'll miss a couple of episodes of something on Netflix or like say I'll, I'll fall asleep with a game or character in some dead. <laughs> Fair enough. But it's just wind down time. Yeah. <sighs> Mind that uh, I was in the army and um, the weekends, nine times out of ten, you're on, you can do your own thing. That f- yeah. Last thing Friday, that's you. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Usually. So I get told, right, you have to be at the garages on Sunday. Uh, what was it? 10 o'clock, you have to be there. Right. So you'll be working for an hour and a half, two hours. You'll be away. That'll be it. Come yeah. down, get it done, you go away again. There's two guys for each company going. So it's what? Two, four, eight people, nine people if you couldn't the guy in charge, corporal. Right. All right, okay, no bother. So. Saturday night, I'm playing Warcraft. As you do. Gets fucking ratarsed. Passes out. (laughs) I'm estimating three, half three, maybe six. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Passes out on top of the laptop, which I'm sat at a desk. Wakes up in my bed. So fuck knows how I got there. With someone banging on the door. What the fuck is that? Opens my door. What? You have to be. You have to get in your uniform and get down to the guard room. What? Jesus. You missed your parade. This is like one o'clock, Shit. one two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, you're fucking nah. I'm not getting uniform. I'm like, I'm still pushed. I'll get done for being drunk on duty. Nah. Yeah. I just went shorts, t-shirt. Away I went. Goes down to the guard room. What is that? There's somebody on the phone for you. What the fuck? Gabs, hello? Where the fuck were you? Who's this? It's Corporal fucking... Ah! It starts going daft. I'm like, oh, God, I'm in the shit. Shit. So uh, I go, like, come and see me at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. Okay. So I hangs the phone up. And I goes up to the platoon office at 8 o'clock. By the way, I fucked up. He's like, what is it? I've, I, never, I missed my parade at fucking the garages and that. And uh, he wants me to see me at 10 o'clock. He goes, well, you missed your parade. Take your punishment, you know. I goes, yeah. down. He, I'd been thinking like fuck. All Sunday. All in the morning of fucking Monday. What excuse yeah. can I come up with? There's good enough. <laughs> well, Jesus. My mum's in the hospital. I had to go down the road for this. And, uh, <laughs> fucking car broke down. Uh, <laughs> fuck, I don't know. Jesus. Where the fuck were you? Slept, got past, slept in. <laughs> You're an asshole. Come back here at lunchtime. <laughs> no, the private who worked with him, this corporal had been giving him this private tight all morning because right. I never turned up for my parade. <laughs> this uh, asshole fucking, he comes in here with some lame excuse. I'm going to fuck him over. Fucking, I goes in and told him the truth. Yeah. He didn't even know what the fuck to do. So he told me to bugger off so he could think of something. <laughs> so I came back at lunchtime, right, mop the floor. I mopped the floor and that was it. It was like a five minute job. Fantastic. Oh. It's, it's always better than you come up. There was one time I obviously turned into work. Uh, it was about half 11. I was meant to be there for 10 o'clock. Mm. I had a similar sort of situation. I just got absolutely wrapped. And I'd slept through all my alarms. Woke up and was like, oh shit. Shit, panic, got ready, still pretty much pissed. Drove down to work. Boss pulls, is like, where the fuck have you been? 
was like, uh, I just slept with my alarm. So he was like, out last night. I was like, yeah. Just got too drunk. He was like, right, just try not to make it happen again. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck. I've had to come out with some shit. Been fucked, like you said. It's just like, I... don't. Just tell him. <laughs> just tell him the truth, man. Yeah. It's like, I, I, when I was working at Oceaneer, and it was through an agency, and uh, I was late one day because, you know, reasons people sleep in and I was, somebody yeah. else slept in who was giving me right. a lift that week because we used to chop and change. Yeah, yeah. So he slept in. I've left my phone in the car. I had to go back to my house, get my phone, phone him. Yeah. No answer. Gets in my car, drives up to get him. What the fuck? Oh, I slept down. Right, okay, Jeez. I'm late. So I goes down and uh, he's like, where were you? Sorry, my bad, I was late. Yeah. Where were you late? He goes, doesn't matter. There's no good enough excuse. Like, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll clock you in. So he clocked me in for the, for the beginning of the shift rather than later on. No, no. Because they dock you, if you're late, they'll dock you, is it 15 minutes? Right. No, if you're if you're one minute late, they'll dock you fifteen minutes. That's what it is. Yeah, it goes yeah, it goes to the quarter of hour. Aye. So it's it's a bit shit that way, but it's one of the guys uh, who worked there with the union, he actually made a point to them. He says, Right, why don't you say if up to five minutes late? Yeah. You know, because then yeah, people will still people rush to get in. Yeah. Yeah. If you're gonna get if docked you're, at fifteen if you're one minutes minute late. Slow yeah, down. You might as well be 40 minutes late, yeah. Aye. I can have my <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, which is, you know, shit happens, eh? Mm-hmm. But my gaffer up at the firm, he's pretty cool with it. If you're late, just look, I was late this morning, because you might not know. Yeah. Look, I was late. Sorry. Slept in. Oh, that's fine. No worry about it. Yeah. And it's nice. good that way. You ever consider joining the military? Uh, I've never thought about it, no. Um, like one of a couple of mates from school have done it. Yeah. But my original plan, like, uh, was I was gonna go into into teaching, doing math. I was at uni doing maths, uh, oh. maths and teaching. Um, but obviously ended up dropping out through situations to do to try. Um, but like I say, as it worked, I just kind of. Went into this industry and it's never really crossed my mind to, to do it. Okay. To be honest. Oh, but uh, I'm into that old rigmarole now, whereas uh, we train or change stuff like because when I haven't got the time to do it, um, because I need to work to get money to be able to pay for something like that. But in order to. Yeah. Money, yeah, I know. You're in that wee pickle where you yeah. can't do anything because you're looking. Two situation. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Because yeah, a lot of people, and... yeah, a lot of people have said to me like, "Why don't I, uh, I, I finish off like a de- my degree and stuff like that?" It's just I haven't got the time to do it. Yeah. Because I need the money to be able to get myself like sort of sorted in life, so I can then think about doing something like that. Mm-hmm. But well, I hear you. tough situation. Very tough. Well, uh, if you had to phone somebody right now, or take a trip. To your closest one, who are you going to, to get pissed with tonight? Um, well, obviously, housemate we were out with last night, and I think we're out tonight with him. But if, if it was someone I'd like to do, it'd definitely be Dom down in Cambridge. All right, so I mean, he uh, 
uh, when I was working at the last pub, it was probably working at it was a big rugby pub. Um, a lot of the guys there were like sort of on like the board for a lot of the rugby clubs around the area, right. and uh, they get like first priority on tickets for like Six Nations and such. So nice. I actually got tickets England Italy in Rome a few years back. Twenty six pounds a ticket at the Stadio Olimpico. So what? I get yeah man, I get get two tickets. It's only about three months after passing my so I drove down to Cambridge uh after one of my shifts on a Friday night. Flew out on the Saturday morning with Don over at Rome. I had five days in Rome. It was amazing. Huh. Took a piss up the piss up on the, the, the Wednesday night before we left as well. Oh I've been pushed in Rome like it's a good night, right? Oh, oh it's fantastic. We'd found like a little um, American student bar uh in the middle of Trestavery. <laughs> oh. oh the Yanks love yeah. well, oh, yes. the Yanks like to think yep. they can drink. Oh yes. <laughs> we uh we witnessed that preach, huh? <laughs> uh, oh aye. Oh aye. Um, but yeah, so we we, uh, we we got all the uh, American student deals because the Italian bartender thought me and Dom were American. That's amazing. <laughs> so we were getting like, uh, tequila shots for one euro, uh, bottles of Corona for one euro. It was That's amazing. brilliant. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's funny um, when you said about Yanks like to think they can drink. Yeah. Um, I was sat talking to a couple of them on the Saturday uh, afternoon after preach come before I was driving back and uh-huh. I said it's like it was such a culture shock to them that like sort of just seeing how much like day drinking we've been doing because <laughs> um, it's 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 not a culture that they're used to over they obviously like Labor Day uh, Independence Day and stuff like that yeah they have like celebrations but it's still not like massively heavy and they said like so, even some of the frat parties that they'd been to hadn't been as like sort of heavy on the drinking what really? we did. <laughs> yeah, man. Fucking hell. But we were just, like, sort of, because it was this nice social atmosphere. It wasn't a stupid party. No, no. And they were, like, they, they were really shocked at, like, sort of the difference in culture because they thought it was kind of the same. And pretty much shocked at how much we'd all been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Which was yeah. fantastic. I do remember at one point, just before the uh, the live show, um, the bar was that busy that I went up to it. Um, and I'd got three pictures, gave one to Spazzy, and I'd had two for myself. One <laughs> in each hand, and I sat down, and I was like, right, okay. Really and I think start. they were gone in about an hour, yeah. Both of them pictures were gone within an hour. Yeah, that's like an effort, by the way. I know. Me and Paul done um, that like, uh, the year before. Oh, yeah, boy. Yeah. I was right. <laughs> oh, but man, I was hammered. I, I dropped my pint, the glass I got wet, and on, or next to Julie's foot. Oh. I got a cut foot. She had like sandals on. Oh dear, it wasn't Lord. too bad, but uh, yeah, Oof. made up for it. Though. Aye, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was great. I mean, it was just like I can't believe there was like, next to two hundred and sixty people in the one like hammered, and not a single bit of chew was had. There was no trouble or nothing. Oh no, there was too many was nerds amazing. for trouble, like. Well, well, I mean, regardless, like you were saying before, there's invest. Like, so you got it there. Um, like you said before, that if you meet everyone, you wouldn't quite get on with as well as like, the rest of them. Aye. It's the same principle, like you said, 
that amount of alcohol and that many people, you would think, usually, I, yeah, usually there's something that goes on, but there was nothing, none of that. It was amazing. And then there was penises on heads with coats being played, <laughs> which was <laughs> random as fuck. By the way, yeah, I don't know if was... I started that because it didn't happen last year. <laughs> you know, that I went like... Sign my ass. Yeah. <laughs> Sign my legs. There you go. That'll do. Yeah. That was Whoa. nuts, that man. That was yeah, good I, mean, I, remember, I remember at one point, I've not spoken to him, but um, Dresdus. Yeah, I hadn't spoken to him at all. Like, it was on the night that came up. Hand straight on my ass and just stood there for a good minute. I just had my pint, <laughs> nodded over at him, just carried on drinking. And just, his hand was still there. People were like, are you not going to react? I was like, nope. <laughs> no, I'm good, man. Just go for it. When I was in the Black Watch in the Army, yeah. we went to Italy, travelled up through Italy, doing a battlefield tour. First night right. there... Um, Gets hammered, as you do. No, the the place we went to, a place called Anzio, and we drank the place dry of draft beer. Bloody hell! And <laughs> the, you see, you know the wee restaurant owners. A guy went up to the middle of this like town square, if you like, and right. right. a little van that clearly wasn't big enough. And all the other <laughs> restaurant owners went out that usually have draft beer yeah gave them the empty the empty ones and he, they gave him some money and then he fucked off he came, <laughs> went over to the next town come back and uh you've seen him rolling the kegs back in and out like a trail of soldiers full in each one. <laughs> oh, it was brilliant nice and oh wow we met these uh french people at least i think they were french um yeah, he's from Scotland. I come with me. <laughs> and we followed him. Took us to this cocktail bar. And he's like, try this. And it was a absinthe. And they had the absinthe. They put the spoon on it, the sugar cube and all that. And Jeez. lit it and everything. Blow it out, down it. And uh, everybody done theirs. And I'm looking at them. And the wee French guy, whoa, this is amazing. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> Bang, down it goes. Just looking at the glass and was that? <laughs> yeah, you had trouble one of them with some Jack Daniels in it. Nice, mate. Honestly, the glass was full. This was like a whiskey glass, full. Wow. Downs well, tries to down it. It gets about ninety percent of the way through. Pulls it down, and it was like my mouth was on fire. It's like a minty really fire. Cool. Manages the rest of it. Runs over to the balcony. Pretends I'm going to throw my phone over. Drops the phone, <laughs> falls down onto some grass. It's like got I think, I'm estimating thirty meters. Bloody hell! How did I get down there? Oh, you didn't. Oh, you have to go round that way. It was down at Harbour. And, oh my god! Uh, I'm looking for it. Finds the phone. Finds the battery. This is a three hundred pound phone. Yeah. And uh, I'm fucking couldn't find the back for it. I'm like, oh fuck. Oh, here we go. But it worked, you know, it was fine. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I goes up. Some tape over And I can remember sitting on a wall talking to these Italians and, like, the worst French you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> How can I fix my phone? 
I'm probably saying normally do fromage or something, yeah. And uh, then I woke up in my bed the next morning. Again, somebody banging on the door. What oh, the dear. fuck? Wakes up. You might be downstairs in five minutes. Fuck. Right. <laughs> Shower, shave, clothes on, three minutes. Jesus. Walks back out. Really, he says to me, by the way, you puked on the balcony. Get it cleaned up for my roommate. I'm like, oh, fuck. Gets mm. a towel, cleans it up, uh, comes back in, looks at my bed, and there's sick all over my pillow. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. oh no. Wraps wraps the whole lot up in my bed, and the sheets and all that, and they have like a ball with a towel next to it, so the maid can just pick it up and get rid of yeah. it. And uh, she did, to be fair. Goes downstairs, the RSM, right? That You go from private, corporal, sergeant, all the way up to RSM. After that, right. you get commissioned. But the RSM is in charge of discipline. If you've right. done fucked up during the weekend, you're in front of him, and he's giving you your fucking, he's feeding you your balls through your straw. Jesus. And, uh, <laughs> come here. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, all right, sir, how you doing? Do you mind what you done last night? Eh, <laughs> uh, I think so. He's like, can you mind me putting you to your bed? <laughs> no. No, I can't mind that. He's like, you were fucking steaming sat in a wall. <laughs> and then, you had your key card to get in your room, which is number 18, by the way. I, You were trying to put it in 17, and then arguing with me that it was the right door. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, so I did anything bad? He's like, no, you were fine. <laughs> you, were just, you were just pushed. Just watch what you're doing when you're that pushed. <laughs> like, all right, you boy. <laughs> wow. Good Lord. Oh, it was, what an adventure I had that night. <laughs> oh, it was good. Like, oh, it was fucking steaming. But, uh, yeah. hi. Last time I got blackout drunk was only a couple. Hadn't happened in a long while. Uh, we yeah. actually gone on a uh, staff meal, staff meal, the uh, one of the other restaurants, um, part of our franchise. And yeah. Honestly, the food, the food wasn't great. It was horrendous. <laughs> on, yeah. Um, bearing in mind, like they were cooking for other staff within the chain, they didn't put any effort in. So not many oh, of us ate. It was awful. Um, but we then went to the cocktail bar just down the road from it, where I'd had. Um, called Jack Sparrows, literally a mixture of all the rooms and stuff. That's like just that. screaming, get pushed, doesn't it? Oh, oh yeah, I think I'd have about three or four of them. Yeah, three or four of them. Bearing in mind, I'd finished my shift, had a pint there, got home, had three cans while I shaved my head. Got went got a taxi back straight down. Uh, where we were meeting up, and I think I'd had three pints there, then more at the the meal. And then this is at the cocktail bar. I'd had those three of those Jack Sparrows. Got another pint there. Then we went off to a night out in a club where we had VIP. So there was, I think there was six bottles of vodka, a mixer on the table for us. For <laughs> 10 of us. <laughs> uh, sorry, 12 of us. Um, so I'd done the usual thing of doing a shot of Coke vodka mixer. So there was then pretty much like a, a shot of vodka. coke <laughs> yeah. and then a quadruple like sort of vodka in the top of it um i got that that's a good effort by the way oh yeah i think i'd, I'd had 
loads of them. I think by one point it was just pretty much straight vodka. I I was hammered. Like I, I fell asleep in the club while some music was playing. Oh, I've done that. Like <laughs> so, I'm sat there falling asleep. Baker, um, one of the managers, wakes us up and goes like, "Oh, John, wake up! You can't be falling asleep." Like, oh no, fine. I'm just gonna go to the toilet. I'm gonna go and sit on the toilet and fall asleep. He's like, no, you can't do that. Like, oh, please, just just for five minutes. Just five minutes, man. I'll be fine. <laughs> And he's like, no, no, you can't. And after that point, I don't remember anything. <laughs> it wasn't until it wasn't until the next day I've been told that I still carried on drinking. <laughs> um then when we all went outside whilst people were having smoke, there was a burger van. I could smell it and apparently that's not <laughs> And apparently I was stood there going, I'm not hungry, but I really want a burger. The smell amazing, but I'm not hungry. That then proceeded to one of the lasses who were out with pizza shop waiting for a taxi, and she said she saw me sitting in the middle of the wood munching on a burger. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's brilliant. I don't remember, like, sort of getting home. I wake wake up at 20 to 10. I slept through all my alarms again. Woke up at 20 to 10. Yeah. Woke up at 20 to 10, bearing in mind I was supposed to be in work. Like getting in work for ten o'clock, <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit!" Quick shit show shaved later. <laughs> Quick shit show shaved later. Got to work. It was two minutes to ten by the time I got to work, which was quite an impressive. That's a good effort, like. Um, yeah, and then all day, head in hands, I was fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I was fucked, and it was the bank holiday, bank holiday oh, Monday, no. end of August. Was on pizzas, and I tell you what, I've never done so many calzones in my life as I've done on that day. <laughs> it was nuts. It was I just got spanked. I was uh, like, oh, it's, it's too much for this. I've done, done two batches of dough, uh, which is about 120, 130 doughs. Yeah, but that's obviously full size ones. There was a lot of kids, Aye. obviously, half size doughs. So I must have done like 170, 180 pizzas that day. It was bonkers. She and was... I'm just stood there going, oh, I hate my life. I hate my life. <laughs> I hate my life. <laughs> <laughs> the problem hell. is, you don't sleep when you're like that. You just pass out because your body's yeah. trying to get rid of everything. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> it was fun times. But yeah, I just like, I don't remember anything after like sort of that everyone telling me. I was like, oh Christ, what have I done? <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. I don't understand like that, that how it happened though because it was preachcon or heavy drinking for longer, and I was fine. I can remember everything that was that happened there. But this one night after work, buggered. Were you mixing your drinks? Yeah, I was at preachcon as well. Hmm. I always do. It's the worst I've been since I was at uni, and that was about seven years ago now. Not, not. Just circumstances, I guess. Then, eh? yeah. Probably. Well, I, I, I invariably like sort of blame the food because it was, like I say, it was horrible. horrible. Aye. Mm. The first time I'd thrown up on a night out the long time as well. All that food just came straight back up. Oh no! Yeah. The when I was in I was in the army, I went to Switzerland for adventure training, skiing. Mm-hmm. How that takes you out your comfort zone, I don't know, but. Um, uh, there was each regiment there invited the other regiments round for dinner. Right. And this one day we we're going to this this other regiment. 
And uh, the first time I've ever introduced myself is Jonah. Ever. Because the officer says, don't be a weirdo. <laughs> introduce, all right, my name's Jonah. How are you doing? I'll leave it at that. I'm like, all right, new boy. Okay, I'm steaming here. I'm not going to fuck. <laughs> I'm steaming before I go. And this is like seven o'clock when I arrived. No, six. Six o'clock. Might have been five o'clock. I can't remember. But, uh, <laughs> goes in. All right, my name's Jonah. How are you doing? He's the only person I introduced myself as Jonah. Everybody else has called me Jonesy. Yeah. And this guy's called me Jonah. I'm just going with it. Eh? He's gone with it. Oh, he, I think he realised. But uh, yeah. we get. I'm sat at. There's like an L shaped table layout, if you like. Right. And uh, somebody comes in with the balls and they're giving it to the first person. And you're just passing it along to the end. I'm yeah. sitting from the end. No, I'm at the end, sorry. Right. And. Uh, no, I was right the first time. They passed the soup round, so I gave them the soup. And then they passed me the, the Tabasco. I was like, this is for the soup. Lid off. Pitched some in this soup. That's a massive bottle of Tabasco. And I put too much in it. Gives them, passes it to the next guy. There you go. Passes the vodka. Is this for the soup? Straight in the vodka. <laughs> oh, it's laced. It's laced, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm drinking this. I'm dipping my roll and everything in it. Oh, dip my bread and everything in the soup. Yeah. <laughs> I was fucking steaming. Then we started a game called the Vodka Barman. Right. Where uh, you get a tray and you fill up two glasses. One's got water, one's got vodka. Right. So people were coming in with like the little one and a big one. Can, there's a small amount of water in one, there's a large amount of vodka in the other, or yeah. a small amount of vodka and a large amount of water. Yeah. So everybody was picking... The little one, because no matter what, even if it's vodka, it's only a little drop. Yeah. No me. <laughs> I get it, right? And I'm like, I actually sniffed the glass and said, I want that one. I took the vodka. <laughs> <laughs> and he all goes up, fills both glasses. One full with water and one full with vodka. <laughs> Walks through, give, gives the, the guy in question an impossible choice. <laughs> <laughs> and he picks the one with the vodka <laughs> I'm like yes because as soon as you touch the glass that was the rule as yeah. soon as you touched it you drink it yeah. and uh, oh he wasn't impressed like oh, I, was, I can't even remember I can my dad told me the next day by the way you phoned your uncle Jim what right. oh yeah you phoned your uncle Jim you were being sick I'm like oh fuck so I was I know what I was doing. It was a flashback, eh? You know, one of those moments, oh, you know why you done yeah, it. Yeah. I phoned him to ask him how to stop being sick. And every time I went to ask him, how do I... Th <laughs> oh, I was a mess. But I woke up the next day, no hangover. Nice. <laughs> Half past nice. six. Sting, wait a week. No waste. What the fuck? What just happened? <laughs> Oh, good uh, I've had a lot of fun on nights out with down and stuff like I got, oh, my dad shit. taught me when I was 8 year old how to down something fizzy with a bottle of Fanta so right. it, like, yeah taught me how to open my throat to, to down to, oh, right, so right. since yeah since then it's been a party trick when I was at you went out with the lads and it was a kind of like sort of uh, the initiation night um, we were handcuffed to each other um, so <laughs> All, all the rookies were handcuffed to someone who'd been put. 
for a couple of years or so. And it was a case of like they were Every going time they take going, a drink, you take a drink. No, no, it wasn't nah. that. It was a uh, my rookie can do such and such better than yours. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, no one knew could down a drink. They went up and they went. Uh, my guy went, but my rookie can down a pint faster than yours. And I just looked at him and went, "Oh, please don't do this to me. Don't do this." Because I knew as soon as I downed a drink, that's all I'd be getting asked of me. Yeah. I was like, right. So it's happening. And I'm stood there with a pint in my hand. This other, this other rookie just like sort of steadily drinking through it. And about three seconds in, four seconds in, I'm drinking it. I was like, please don't make me do this. He's like, you're going to lose, you're going to lose. I'm going to say, you know, sod it. Threw this down the neck in like about a second. Uh, and instantly everyone was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I <was laughs> fun with this. <laughs> oh. like, um, but I ended up turning it to my own. Uh, ended up turning it to my own advantage. Uh, because on nights out after that, all that it take is one of the uh, one of the guys to say to one of the cheerleaders or something. Oh, that guy can down a pint. <laughs> Get him to do it. As I'm going up to the bar, so I goes up to the bar, gets around him. Someone invariably always comes over and taps me and goes, "Oh, you can down a down a drink on and down it down it." I was like, "Fuck off! I've just bought these. This is not a chance." I was like, I'll tell you what, if you want to see me do it, you buy me a drink. <laughs> so they'd always they always would. They'd buy me a drink for me to down it. Oh, all night. Brilliant. I'd buy the first I'd buy the first round, wouldn't have to pay for a drink all night. Yep. Yeah. A good party trick. Really good party trick. Oh, but um brilliant. yeah. It's uh I ended up doing it in the kitchen a couple of months back. Um my cousin was actually working in the kitchen at the time and he'd uh, he, he picked up a tub that had had jalapenos in. So all, all the uh, the brine and the juice and everything and all the seeds in the bottom. Yeah. He put it into a glass and went, I dare anyone to down this. Bet you a tenny you can't do it. So I went, all right, I'll do it. He was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I would. I'd down it and he'd have to pay me the tenner. So what did I go do? Downed it in two, two big gulps. <laughs> Nearly threw up because of all the all the seeds at the bottom of it. Yeah, it's horrendous. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh God, that didn't feel good." He was like, "You bastard! You're you ten now." <laughs> <laughs> you could see his face just drop, and like everyone's like, "Oh, your belly's going to be bad tomorrow." I was like, "Oh shit!" I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Next morning, I thought I was going to have like the the Indian period Aye. type thing. Um, thankfully, I think it was because I hadn't eaten all day. I had two ring sting shits. And that was it. I was fine for the rest of the day. Well, I was that like, got out of that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, good. Like, I was expecting to be like bad all day, and it just wiped the, wiped out my system straight away. I was like, dodged the bullet that time. <laughs> you know, I've ate some insane curries, and not once have I had stingy ring. Like, oh, I don't know brutal. how, but I think my guts just dissolve everything. Yeah, yeah. I feel quite privileged that way. <laughs> absorbed everything. No, I'd, uh, I've had I've had a couple. I've had a couple. So not fun. Future prospects. Final subject. Sweet. What's your plans for the future? Um. Ideally, like you said before, me um, hopefully running the pub or something with the training I've had and stuff like that, and obviously work. If. I can get out on the hours of silly with Don's family and stuff like that. Then, 
that's ideally where I'd love to be. It's like a nice little and just stay there. Make right. my money down the pier there. Be amazing. Sounds other good, than man. that, other than that, probably just move somewhere into a big city and do the same sort of thing. I can. All my Warcraft restaurant. Oh, that'd be an idea. I thought about that. But then you've got to worry about the copyright and mm, Yeah, you'd have to. But when somebody suggested a pop up restaurant theme. So it's yeah. in a park, you know, bump, Warcraft. So it's like for a week and then you close again. Yeah. Uh, I mean they've they've made it uh, uh, quite easy to do that sort of thing, releasing the cup book, haven't they? Aye, aye. So you'd be, be able to do like sort of not only just the which would be cool. Mm. In fact, it'd be good to have a theme in your restaurant every now and again. Yeah, like you know, it's like, like, no, God of War evening, a Warcraft yeah. evening, a Call of Duty evening. Yeah. Know, just if, that, that's like that. If you have like a pub restaurant type thing, that's the place to do it. I mean, because when I was in the pub, obviously for pie week, we put on specials, all sorts of pies and everything like that. Um, so you're able to do it a lot more. Um, whereas with a restaurant, you kind of, pigeonholed into a certain type of cuisine anyway. Like obviously oh, I right, worked yeah. in an Italian restaurant. So it's a lot more difficult to do that sort of in a restaurant side of things unless you're set up to do that. Yeah. Um, but pubs are kind of perfect for it because obviously you've got people going in um, getting drink drunk anyway. Uh, so they're, they're a lot more open to that sort of side of things. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. I You're not rocking um, up expecting a meal and then why are you dressed like that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah um, we've we like when I was when I was working we'd done a like a New Year's Eve parties were always themed and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we had like a Mad Hatter's party where everyone everyone like your requirement to go to the New Year's party was you had to have a hat. <laughs> you didn't have to dress up, but you had to have a hat. Aye. So I went out and bought like a proper nice swanky bowler hat, which is amazing. Still got it now. Um, the following year was Harry Potter. So oh, wow. Me, yeah. Me being ginger, invariably had to be one of the Weasleys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I went clean shaven for the first time since I was like 15 year old. Since clean I started shaven. Going beard. Yeah. Proper like baby faced. Yeah, and going here as it's coming back. <laughs> yeah, that was hell that. Um, I'd actually went and bought the Weasley twins ones as well, like props. So I actually had, I went as George Weasley. After the battle, uh, of, uh, after he'd lost his ear, so I had the bandage around my head and everything, a proper <laughs> sick, sickening to look at um, waistcoat, a floral print sh- shirt and everything, and his actual. So like I was, weren't quite authentic for it, but that was a fun night. That's brilliant. Um, <laughs> yeah. I remember one Halloween actually dressing up. <laughs> That's quality. Cool, yeah. bar, um, done all the makeup myself, like face paint myself. Mm-hmm. Walked into work and the boss's wife shit herself. God, fuck. <laughs> but I'd had a wig and so all the locals who had already come in, like, sort of started talking to me and asking me questions as if I was a new member of staff. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all like, sort of thing. I was like, "What are you on about? Like, I know you. <laughs> We've had this conversation. <laughs> oh, Where are you? Where's your beard? <laughs> I, hope you, yeah. I hope you stuck out like a wig." <laughs> Um, I, <laughs> no, they like to say the pub, pubs are perfect for it. Pub restaurants, perfect for like, sort of themes. Yeah. 
But it's usually local yeah. clientele that goes there anyway, isn't it? Yeah. So they yeah. know what's going on. Yeah. Mm. I mean, obviously, the, the, a lot of them join in and banter and everything like that, ah. which is quite. Yeah. Well, I think we'll call it there, mate. That's uh, yeah, that's man. our tours now. Bloody hell. That's a uh, that's a good effort. Chat shit for ages, me. Oh, okay, I'm the same. I talk forever, me yeah. like. But uh, <laughs> I think Sarah's me and Sarah's one last week. I knew him fifteen minutes, and this is our two hours now. So, different What's subjects that and all that. Oh, I think yeah. WhatsApp just went. Ah, <laughs> oh, sweet, isn't it? But uh, aye. You got your at Mal- Malarkey ninety two. Aye. Aye. So give them a follow. I've, uh, I've changed my um, <coughs> a Twitter. No, not my Twitter. My sorry, my uh, my battle swag and my uh, my Twitch handles over now. <laughs> to ah. Kratos. Kratos. <laughs> Aye. Well, if you want that, so. just leave a leave a comment on Twitter or you know. I share. Know. I'm sure people will try and add you. It's probably a local oh, well, group that's going to be listening to us anyway. So. Yeah. Hags no, Cast, no. episode Sweet, number man. three. Uh-huh. Awesome. Two episodes in one day. Oft. That's a good effort, like, I forgot to do an intro. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> oh, well. I can no, do that okay. later. But the, the bit in the middle where you moved, I'll, uh, I'll just chop that out and yeah. stick it back together. Uh, sorry about that, man. Like I said, Steve's oh, asleep man. Upstairs, so. Yeah, life's life. You know, I had to do it and all. <laughs> the, the wife came in with a burn. She was doing something. Aye. So, <laughs> it's, it's, it happens. Life's life, eh? But aye. Yeah, I had fun. Thanks for your... Aye, sweet as much. Thanks for joining me. Hopefully yeah, get you on again sometime. Pleasure. Aye. It's I'm, uh, pleasure, man. I'm looking to get two people on at some point and have like a three-way conversation. But I wanted to get the logistics of what's going on first. Yeah. You know, obviously, you, you've got to see a piece, I've got to try and no speak area, and that's, it's got to go around there like a wee circle sort of thing, eh? it's, so it's, mm. it's, I'll see how it goes. But mm-hmm. I like to try and get Julie and Spazzy and see if, because I think they would work together, because they'd be yeah. together, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be half the battle. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, they bounce off each other really well. Um, yeah, <laughs> I had, a, had a moment where uh, yeah, we um went for Zenders, I think it was, uh, um on the Wednesday of PreachCon, and there was me, Spazzy, and Julie sat there, both eating <laughs> and having a, which was pretty good. Yeah, had some nice uh, belly pork with honey glaze on. Um, I noticed the glaze in the bottom of the tray. I was like, oh, can I have some? Spoon up my plate. Spazzy picked up straight away. I said, oh, I'll have some. Without even asking the guy, I was like, "Yeah." I can <laughs> Next time they brought that one around, the whole table was doing it, <laughs> getting some of the players off. Unreal. Well, I missed really all the meals. Nice. Like, I was just disappointed in myself. Ah, oh, you'd have loved that place, man. Just a steakhouse, Brazilian, like sort of. You turn your card over if you don't want any more. But man, stayed green all the time. Um, oh, bring right. the steaks on a massive skewer, and they just start slicing bits off. When you get a pair of tongues, like you just, if you want it. Tongues are on it, it's yours. Aye, aye. Oh, lovely. That sounds brilliant. Well, oh, thanks very right. much. No problem. No problem at all, man. Aye. Have fun. Right. Love you and leave you. Yeah? Oh, we'll say goodbye on the podcast and we'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Alright man. Bye-bye. Bye.